Hello, and welcome to the Bookish Banter Podcast, where we'll be sharing our opinions about our favorite books, authors, and bookish impulse buys. Follow along on our journey to finishing and sharing our endless TBR. Go ahead and subscribe, leave us a review, and follow us on our Instagram and TikTok at the Bookish Banter Podcast. Let's get started. Hello, how's it going? Good. How are you? (laughs) I am good. I have a special guest on here today. If you want to go ahead and introduce yourself and say hello. Hi, I'm Amber Nicole. I wrote the book of Azriel, and I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) It's always good that you're (laughs) self-aware. Yeah, I'm aware. (laughs) Yeah, I I talked to someone else before and they were like, somebody bought me a mug that was like, this is the reader's tears. And honestly, I'm living for it. And I'm like, I'm going to buy that for every one of my favorite authors that do these things. (laughs) (laughs) Those are my favorite ones. It's like the ones like tears are my readers. And I'm like, fair. You're like, yeah, you're not wrong. I love that. So we start out every episode with a couple of icebreakers. So we'll start with the first Mm -hmm. one, which is what is your favorite standalone? Standalone. Hmm. I don't have one. I'm a series girly. I can't think of a single book that I read that was just by itself. It's a really hard one. I like to start it off rough. I know. I'm thinking uh, it's probably going to be something. Oh, about that Great Gatsby. That's a standalone. There you go. That's a good one. That's a great choice. A little tragedy. Yeah. <laughs> a little party, a little tragedy. That's a great one. That's a, a, little that's a great choice. A little love, a little, yeah, little mystery. <laughs> a little romance. Okay. What is your favorite series? <laughs> the Night Huntress novels. And it's by Janine Frost. She's like my OTP favorite author. Love and that. I've actually talked to her before, which I was just like, huh, fangirl. <laughs> but it's about this half vampire. Her name's Kat Crawford. And she like vampires and then she's like falling in love with one. It's pretty cool. Oh, I like that. It's like that. an eight book series. Yeah. That's great. a commitment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was into it. And like, it never got boring or stale. And I'm like, girl, I love you. <laughs> Keep on keeping on, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I have to check that one out. I like that. Okay. So who is your ultimate book boyfriend? Hmm. I feel like I'm simping hard for Blade from Raven Kennedy right now. Like, okay. he's like, oh, pop for me right now. Yeah. That's <laughs> if really you watch, if you hear this Raven, you know, you already know Raven. You already know. <laughs> Yeah, that's a really popular one. I've heard that one a few times. So I like that. (laughs) Okay, second to that, who's your ultimate book girlfriend? Ultimate book girlfriend. My favorite growing up, because I don't want to do Janine the same one. Her name is Elena Michaels. She's from the Bitten series by Kelly Armstrong. And she's the only female werewolf in their like universe. And she was one of the first like, well, fictional characters I read that I was like, wow, I can make a female character badass. Like she can kick butt and like, wear these clothes and like be badass in this like male dominated world. I loved her. Loved her. I love that. That is a great concept. Mm-hmm. Like I love, yeah, I need to yeah. add that one to my list. Cause I really like, I got when you. Like, I'll send you a list. <laughs> yeah. Send it to me. Cause yeah, I like that. Like when it's the only girl type of thing and she mm-hmm. is not one of those, like, I'm not like other girls. Like she's actually just really, no, she's not, yeah, yeah, no, she's not like that at all. She's like, I'm, I don't want to spoil it for anybody because they can read it because it's really good how she turns into a werewolf and stuff. She never does that like, I'm super special. She's like, I was human. I'm stuck in this world. Now I have to deal with these consequences and blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't know. She was just so cool. And she's flawed. Like she, yeah. like, yeah, she's a badass, but like she's scared of things or she has issues and stuff. Like it was just really, it was really good. And I found this at like 14, 15. I was like, yep, I'm into it. This is it. <laughs> this, is, this is my personality for the rest of my life. <laughs> this is the rest of my life. I love that. That's amazing. Awesome. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started in writing and all of that? So my name's Amber Nicole. <laughs> so writing and stuff, 
I know this sounds so generic because every author does it, but like I started at a young age. And by that, I remember like, I'm going to date myself here because like my great grandmother used to have like a typewriter. And I remember having that when I was younger, like playing with it and stuff. And like, I remember hiding it under my bed because it's like, you have to do chores. I don't remember. I remember that I hid that thing because I was like obsessed with it. And it was like one of those like cool kid ones. So I don't know if I was even doing anything at the time. <laughs> I don't, probably wasn't even writing words, but I had that. Me and my sister growing up as well too, because like um, it's always been like me and her so like we used to make up stories with like you know um kids toys or whatever and so we were doing storytelling at a young age but I didn't know it was storytelling I just thought we were like you know being kids and so like we'd make up these worlds or these characters and a lot of it just fell off of things we watched I was a big Buffy the Vampire Slayer girly growing up that was my thing and so like we'd make games or stories off of that the first thing I ever wrote quotation marks was like a Buffy fanfic <laughs> So I love that's that. where it started. Look at us now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're not that far. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> There's some vague similarities, right? I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I feel like it's so crazy to me that people were like, oh, when I was a kid, I wrote stories and like I knew I was going to be a writer. And it's mm -hmm. like, I never did any of those things. So I know I'll never be a writer, but I just love to hear that <laughs> you guys have been like a passion for it at such a young age. So that's awesome. Yeah. Always yeah. some type of storytelling because like you watch these movies or these shows and you're like, I want to make up my own thing, you know? Yeah. So I think we just always kind of live in this, you know, this, you know, wake for escapism or reality and stuff. Like, you know, we live in these like worlds and it's fun. Yeah. I love that. That's so fair. So can you give us a spoiler free overview of the book of Asriel? So the book of Asriel is kind of set in an urban fantasy world for this one. And by that, I just mean, it's like, there's things in this world that you can relate to, but it is its own separate, like, world I guess you could say so you have two main protagonists the first one is supposed to be this legendary myth that doesn't exist and he's gone and this is where you kind of run into my um, love for Buffy the chosen one trope I mean that's Liam who quote-unquote his other name is called world ender so you know a little intimidation never hurt anyone <laughs> so you have this myth or legend that these people you know have grown up with and heard about and stuff and like the protector of all this but he's MIA and he's been MIA for a thousand years. And then you meet our, I would say she's still protagonist, but a little bit of antagonist, Diana, who a thousand years ago, she gave up her life for her sister. And by that, you know, at the time, there's something that happened. Like I said, spoiler free as much. <laughs> and where, you know, Diana ends up begging anyone that will listen to like help her sister who's, you know, dying from like this illness disease and stuff and not knowing that the person that answers is probably worse than she would imagine. So she's turned into what my world we call Igmorantians are based off kind of like, you know, vampires, but they can shapeshift into be other things and certain ones have different powers. And so um, that's Diana. Uh, her biggest goal in life is just, you know, one, make sure sister's safe, but also try to live the best that she can. But she's also headstrong and she will do anything that she has to by any means necessary, whether people think it's good or bad. <laughs> and so you start this journey learning out that Caden, the one who made Diana, is in search of a relic. They've been searching for a while now. They haven't found it. She's a thing that exists, but she pretty much does what he says because, you know, she can see her sister. She can hang out with her sister. She can spend time with her. So she's kind of like a puppet on a leash for a while. So <laughs> we jump into the story looking for this relic. It ends up being a situation where we find out that this relic may have ties to the myth and legend himself who no one believes is 
alive. <laughs> JK, he is. <laughs> a situation happens. He comes back and there ensues our enemies to lovers, chaos baddies. And then from there on out, like, it's just, it, I mean, honestly, it's just chaos. Diana, you know, ends up seeing that, hey, I kind of want to keep my sister safe. So I may team up with you in the process. And then they're two set on this relic who they don't believe exists either. And yeah, this is much like, I feel like this is as much as I can give before we start to get into like a spoiler Totally fair. Area. Totally fair. Yeah. That's a good overview, yeah. I feel like. Yeah. 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 Chaos Short. ensues. Enemies to lovers. Like we love all that. Yeah. Yes. Force proximity. One bed. You know, we got it. We yeah. Got the it. use. The use. Okay. So what the made use. you decide to do an urban fantasy? So... In the books and stuff that I read before, like the world stuff I did before, like I loved the aspect of like kind of making your own world. In the beginning, though, when I started this book, it was more, it was still, I mean, it was still urban fantasy, but I wanted to be my own world and like things that I can make and create from it too. So it feels more, I guess, realistic to my said characters, you know what I mean? Because if I'm going to make up these creatures, you know, that do X, Y, and Z, I kind of want to fit in a world that, you know, out, you know, doesn't exist in our own so you get different places you get different creatures you get kind of like the same items but they're named differently and so forth and so on so um that was really fun for me and it just it kind of opens the world up to a different possibility yeah so you may recognize certain monsters from mythology from different mythologies and stuff but they're just named something differently so that was really fun yeah it's and you, i mean you build this own world it ex, you know literally explodes and like you can do the possibilities are like endless, you know, so you don't like hold yourself back, you know, with that. So that was yeah. fun. Totally fair. And like you get the opportunity to kind of have like technology answer your issues because I feel like yeah. there are problems of like, like, how are we going to get there? Mm -hmm. How are we going to communicate? It's like technology mm -hmm. and that kind of solves a lot of issues. I feel like you have with like yeah, some yeah. other fantasy things. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's a ton of fun. And I like that. And I like, honestly, for me, like urban fantasy is my favorite genre as of, of mm -hmm. like all fantasy. So I was like, this is yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> like this is this is my bread and butter <laughs> this will do yeah <laughs> so did you find it difficult to kind of create this you know very expansive fantasy world um yes and no and so I say yes in the fact that <laughs> keeping up with every single thing that the fantasy world like has or turns into was a little tedious but working with like my amazing editor and my amazing publishing house, like they help so much where when I can bounce ideas off of them, or we make a whole doc to keep up with different places, different things, et cetera. And in that regard, like we have book one out and everyone's, you know, people have read book one, we're getting book two out, but my brain, I've already like plotted and like have outlines and stuff for like the whole series. So there's a lot of things that I've already know about that's going to come up later that I try to like blend into it. And then I just have this, like it's this huge, like air table doc that I keep everything in mm -hmm. to kind of keep up. So I'm not like, you know what, didn't we have a dagger that looked like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you don't like go. <laughs> we had a dagger somewhere so yes in that regard and then no the same fact because it's like the world is what I make it I guess in a way so it's a little bit easier on that part instead of being like oh well they can have cell phones there this and this like I don't know I don't I didn't want to be like held back by what I could do yeah that makes sense 
That's totally valid. Yeah, I feel like it's always really hard to kind of keep track of those things. So it's good to know that you have like a Google Doc because I feel like sometimes you go into it and you're like, did this person go back and reread what they did? Yeah. And like, I love in fantasy. How many people are these? Yeah, like who's related to who? Like what's going on? And I love that in mm -hmm. fantasy too is like, it gives us as readers the opportunity to kind of go back and like fan theorize and like do the like Easter eggs and be like, oh, is this going to come up again? Yes. It's like, that's so nice when you build this massive world that we can be like, wait a minute. <laughs> Did she mention a dagger uh, six pages ago? Yeah. Like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You get me. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's like, this is the way to do it. So mm -hmm. what made you decide to do the dual POV versus like third person or just like one POV? I like the dual POV. I know when I was like started out reading and stuff like that, that wasn't a big thing. And I kind of always want to know what like was going on with the other character, like what's in their head. Because yes, you can have enemies to lovers and you're like, wow, he really doesn't like her. And then you get to his chapter and he's like, if she looks at me again, this is it. You know what I mean? That's always fun to me. And this is not a spoiler, but they can learn today. But from book two onward, it is multiple POVs. So that was really fun. And oh I've God. always been a fan of seeing your favorite characters through the lens of another character or like learning about like why this character may be funnier all the time instead of it being like oh they're just like joking when really they have their own stuff going on like I just I don't know I like to learn more about like everyone even the little side characters and it's still fun you know yeah and I feel like it gives you a chance to be inside of people's heads versus like kind of just seeing the, the big picture from like an overview mm -hmm. And I like yeah. that it's in, in like romance a lot, the dual POV, but I feel like in, and I know you're just like more like romanticy technically, right? Like urban fantasy mm -hmm. and romancy and like all of that. But it's like, mm -hmm. I love that that's becoming more popular and we're getting those POVs mm -hmm. because I think it like progresses the story a lot better than that sort of like vague overview. And you're getting a lot more like details about, you know, like their internal thoughts. So I love that. Yes. Oh, yeah. 100% agree. It's my favorite thing. Yeah. I'm very excited for the, the <laughs> we, multiple. We POVs. love the pining. Yeah. Yes, we love the planning from the other side that you right. don't see from the other character. Chef's like, kiss. Yeah, that's what we want in real life. <laughs> you know, I'd love to be like in a man's yeah. head. So this is what I need. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Exactly. <laughs> You're like, this is this is where I'm at. So where did mm -hmm. you get the idea for this, you know, the whole series Gods and Monsters and the ideas for your characters? So a lot of it and I use the term lightly, like say for example, with Liam's character, like him and my world. Well, in the world that I created, he's a Buffy character. In that aspect, like I said, the chosen one has a responsibility on his shoulders. Like he's the one that they go to for issues or problems. He's like this protector, um, but he also has like the weight of the world on his shoulders. You know what I mean? And so reading and like watching TVs and stuff, I, like I just wanted to like make my own world, make my own characters that, yes, I could still be inspired by, you know, X, Y, and Z, but it still feels real or like its own thing. I mean, another big thing with writing the story, like I, I kind of just got tired of reading about like the morally great guy all the time. Like I was like, okay, but what if she was the bad one or the cocky one or the one that like ticked ass and didn't take any names? And I was like, and then he's kind of this hero, good guy. And I was like, okay, hero, villain say less. So that's kind of where the idea came from. And writing it was so much fun because you get this other perspective. And instead of her being like this, well, I mean, you know, Diana still has feelings, but like, instead of her being like, swoon, hold me now, like that's more his character. And it was just a fun dynamic to begin with. So yeah, I kind of played off that. Diana to me gives me, uh, you watch Vampire Diaries, right? I feel like we talked about this before. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> So Diana to me gives me like Catherine meets Damon Salvatore vibes. Yes. And it was so fun. 
it's a fun guy. Like I said, I'm already like, you know, book two comes out at the end of May, but with book three and stuff, like it's so much fun just to still be like in her head and like know that she could be like, Oh, well, I don't really like, like this guy. I'm just gonna like blow him up. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you yeah. have that possibility. <laughs> so it's so fun. But um, yeah, that's kind of where it came from. And it just, you know, expanded from there. And then of course, I love fantasy, love anything with dragons and magic and um, all that. So I kind of got just to have this melting pot of different ideas and stuff that I liked and just went from there. That's amazing. You built quite a world on like one idea. So I love yeah. it. <laughs> I know, just like kept going. <laughs> yeah. And I think there's something we said about like, you know, you kind of fit people into these certain categories. Like you have the cinnamon roll, you have the morally gray character and all those sorts of things. But it's like, I love when there's a twist on it too. And it's not like, he's not a cinnamon yeah. roll. He's just not like a morally great character like he is your good guy and I yeah. liked that it wasn't yeah. like you said he swooned but he wasn't simping and it's like this is perfect yeah. and it's like a little bit of uh -huh. everything and yeah I think the dynamic between yeah. them was like really well done and I, I loved like reading her character because I did definitely feel like Catherine vibes I was like okay this this tracks <laughs> yeah I love, I it. love that <laughs> yeah and it was yeah I was enjoying every moment of it <laughs> what made you decide to kind of write her as the anti-hero and like change her character in that way because she sort of starts out with like not a lot of morality and then it progresses throughout mm -hmm. but was that kind of always the plan or were you you know did you kind of yeah. plan to keep her the anti-hero the whole time so I said this kind of from the beginning and I told people before like Diana is the villain and by that I just meant like how Liam sees her or how her sister sees her or how anyone else sees her in a different light because they have these feelings where they care about her that does not negate or change what she's willing to do for the people she loves. Um, and I, I was talking to my editor about this too, because it's like, I'm very passionate about sticking to her character as is like, while she will have these moments of like, Oh, that's so sweet. Or, you know, she loves, she does this. Like she still has that like switch kind of thing. Like I said, like the Damon Catherine kind of vibe, like, yeah, you still do these things for love, but you know, the amount of stuff that she's been through and has gone through and how protective she is like, there comes there's like a line for that and I, sometimes she may cross it <laughs> so yeah I, and I, I get that in the beginning because of you know book one like you do see her from that like standpoint and stuff but she has that potential regardless of anything she does she has that human well, mortality in her where she has that heart and she does care even if it can be a little aggressive <laughs> you know <laughs> so that's another thing where I was telling everybody like you know Leah you know Liam is sweet and like you know this hero type because he is like he's he is the good guy. Yeah. We're, and we're going to need that. <laughs> so like we need that balance. Yeah, we need that. Uh, we needed that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I like that. That's awesome. And like, it is so unique, like you're saying, to kind of have that that dynamic there and just like making her mm -hmm. character kind of consistent throughout and like showing why mm -hmm. she's making the decisions she's making. But at the same time, like mm -hmm. she, like you're saying, she still is that bad guy and like keeping that, yeah. that vibe. Yeah. That's not going to change. And so like with the books coming in, I'm just like, I hope they still like Diana. <laughs> like, <laughs> best of luck. luck. <laughs> yeah. Best of luck. Wish you well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll be drinking your tears. So <laughs> good luck yeah. to you. <laughs> good luck to it. you. <laughs> yeah. Is there a favorite creature you like to write about or create? Probably would be vampires. I think I know in this world, we do get vampires and then we get diana's like ver like my like i said souped up version of it yeah but those are always my favorite and it could be because like i said i grew up on buffy and stuff but those have always been fun because i feel like 
vampires kind of are like um an allegory probably to like people's you know most wanted desires i guess you could say because like you know certain vampires can have like the money and the power or fame dracula but like (laughs) you know you can have this variety in the same time powerful enough to like you know take care of yourself and have what you want and like you know not be afraid well it depends on the lore because some are afraid of like sunlight and stuff but like you know they have like this power about them so those are definitely fun to write I mean, I feel like I would write about them, you know, forever, different stories, et cetera, et cetera. But probably vampires, even though I know this, you know, this book deals with gods and goddesses and a bunch of other deities and stuff. I think it'd be vampires for me. I like that. Classic, mm-hmm. you know? It's classic. Great yeah, choice. they don't go out of style. Yeah. Yeah, forever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it never will. And there's tons of lore about it. So you can yeah, build exactly. Yeah, exactly. No, I love it. That's awesome. Um, who's your favorite character to write about? I can't choose one of them. <laughs> I do love writing this. Like I said, I do love writing this Diana because you have that like freedom. Like I said, um, with her being like this bad guy and stuff, like she can do stuff and get away with it because people know what she's like about. I like writing about Liam um, as well, though, too, because that was a little bit harder and not for the fact like male POV, but more to so the fact that like he has to be that balance. And so he has to be like this voice of reason or the one that, you know, tells pretty much is like, okay, we can do this, but at the same time, probably not. And then last, which um, you guys meet him at the end of book one, but he is more in book two, but Cameron is so fun. I'm ready for everyone to be Cameron. He is hilarious. And he was like so much fun to write, just like the jokes and stuff. And like, you know, he has that moment where he's funny, but at the same time, he's very, he can be very serious. Like, you know, he's a member of the hand, like these ancient warriors, but at the same time, he, you know, makes the most outrageous outlandish comments. And that was a lot of fun. To break up like how the world is, it was a lot of fun to like add him into the mix. Yeah, I like that. The comedic, like we always need a good comedic relief. So yeah, that's yeah, I'm yeah, excited yeah. for that. Yeah. So is there any character that you relate to the most? I know that no one's going to believe me, but I feel like it probably would be Liam. Yeah, it really would. And just for the fact the amount of responsibility he has, and this is not like responsibility for like things, but like my own personal life, but like the amount of responsibility he has, how he takes care of others, like, you know, he has this like weight of the world on his shoulders at times and um, I feel like that's really relatable to a lot of people mm-hmm. because we try to maintain balance and keep everything above water and sometimes it's hard and so I can relate a lot to him when it comes to that and so those parts to write for him were a little bit easier so yeah I think it'd be him boss man <laughs> yeah I think he's a really relatable character like you're saying and the same reasons and like just trying to keep everything bottled up and not wanting yeah. to rely on other people like I think that is, mm-hmm. is something like we all kind of struggle with in general and I like mm-hmm. his and Diana's relationship and how that kind of progresses, not to spoil anything, but mm-hmm. just that they sort of become like kindred spirits in a way and, and, and yeah, like, yeah. we can go through this together type of thing. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, yeah, I love that. Yeah. Is there I a feel character? Like everyone needs the most Liam and Diana. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> needs like a bantering, bickering friendship. Yeah, like we all need that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> is there a character you relate to the least? Mm, probably Imogen. And you like I said, you guys meet her a little bit in book one. You see her more in book two, but she was a little tough to write, and not for any like terrible reason. It's just like she's very by the book. She like studies these like council meeting things or whatever. Like she's very like that, even though she's fun. So I think she was harder for me to write because it's like you still want her to be like this strict person in a way. At the same time, has fun. So yeah, yeah probably her. Probably her. That's like I said, bad. you guys will meet her. You, yeah. You guys will meet them all in book two. We'll <laughs> meet them more. more. So, do we get a POV yeah. of hers? Yes, you do. Okay. Cool. Well, I'm excited yeah. about that. 
Yeah, she's kind of like a mysterious character too, in a way. Like especially in the first one, it's like you see her vaguely at certain points, but you're not really sure like who this girl is and if we have to hate her yet. Yeah, right. You're like, is she the mean girl like from high school that we all need to hate, or is she like kind of cool and just trying to help everyone out? Yeah, you're like, should we be worried? Yeah, is she gonna be the problem? In fact, yeah. Am I the problem? Am I the problem? Just like that. So, what was the hardest scene or like hardest type of scene for you to write? I think the super emotional ones for Liam were harder for me because at the same time you want him to showcase these. So he, like I said, he's world ender, protector of the realms, king of what, you know, the gods, like this stoic guy. And like, the thing is with male main characters, like, you know, you know, and this is just literature forever, but like, they have to be rugged, tough, etc. So I was always kind of worried to show a little bit more of his emotional side, even though we love it. Like I said, because a lot of the books that I read, we see it all the time. But I always feel like there's a way to show it, showcase without overdoing it. And so that felt kind of hard to me. Like I said, God love my publishing helps and like my editor because they helped me so much to be like, Amber, it's fu- you're doing great. Calm down. Like, okay, cool. So I guess that more so was a little bit hard for me because it's like he has these feelings. He does show them progressively. Like I said, we're not yeah. spoiling book one. And there's a thing at the, the end of book one, which was like my favorite part. Like I said, it was harder, but it's my favorite one to write because there's certain phrases and stuff he says where like you finally see like that crack and you're like, oh, he's so sweet. So, you know, <laughs> that was that was fun. But like I said, a little bit hard because it's, you know, you still want him to be like, I don't know, you know, powerful, not just powerful, but like this, like, I, I can't think of the word. I yeah, cannot like think a of strong, the like a, a stoic kind of yeah, person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, that's his whole thing. And so to see, you know, how strongly he has these feelings and stuff was pretty cool. I, I liked it a lot. I think it and, it, and it went over really well, too. So I was like, cool, got it. Got it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. yeah I like that yeah I feel like those are really hard too especially like being a girl kind of writing in the male POV mm-hmm. and just like making sure it sounds mm-hmm. authentic like we we love an emotional mm-hmm. man and I love that they're fictional mm-hmm. because we get emotions but it, at the same time it's mm-hmm. hard to kind of like balance and like skate yeah. that line yeah that's very fair yeah. especially no, when you're yeah. making a character like the strongest person in the book <laughs> you're like yeah right and you're just like um he also has feelings <laughs> yeah he also has lots and lots of feelings <laughs> <laughs> yeah he'd like to hold the feeling stick <laughs> in contrast to that what is your uh, favorite type of scene to write i think i like fighting scenes a lot I, ha- I usually have so in book one we had a few book two we have some which were a lot of fun i take that back i like the fighting scenes but i think the fluff in between is my favorite because okay. i feel like listen i love you guys but i put you guys through so much that when i have those fluff scenes they feel good to me and yeah. i know they feel good to you guys too so those are actually really fun. And sometimes I catch myself laughing because it's like you have these like powerful, strong characters who are like, will kick you through a wall. And then it's like, do you like cotton candy? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It was so fun. Definitely. Yeah. You're like, come to the photo booth? Are- oh, let me tell you about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Like, you don't want to get in here? Shove. Like, yeah. <laughs> those were so fun. That's very those fair. And so it's fun, good to have but- that like... I think that's what makes the difference between like romanticy and that sort of like fantasy bridge is having that yeah. fluff in between and like really building the mm-hmm. plot. And not just having it be mm-hmm. like heavy, heavy world building and like, you know, the romance scene. So I love yeah, yeah, I yeah. love that in between. Yeah, I yeah. like it. Yeah. But <laughs> definitely flowed really well. So yeah, I like that. <laughs> I'm so happy. Thank you. Yeah. So <laughs> let's talk a little bit about the next book in the series. It's The Throne of Broken Gods mm-hmm. and it comes out on May 23rd. <laughs> Can you give us a little bit of a spoiler free overview on that one? Kind of. So absolute chaos. The end. That's just, that's just, that's listen, that's as good as it's gonna get. <laughs> 
<laughs> considering everything that happens. Absolute chaos. Nice. And fluff. Okay. There you go. I got some more fluff in there for you guys. <laughs> I promise happiness. Eventually. <laughs> Eventually. <laughs> for anyone that doesn't know, how long is this series intended to be? How many books? So fun story. My publisher, like I said, I, I brag about them all the time, Rose and Star. I love them because when I got with them, I was like, hey, I'm writing this series, blah, blah. I know that a lot of times, depending, like, you know, you want a certain, like, start end point. And I said, I feel like I can do a good six to seven and get the story told, get it spaced out, you know, you name it. It'll be perfect. And they were on the phone with me and they literally said, Amber, if you have to write 12 books to make this story work, that's okay. And I don't, I mean, that meant a lot to me because, you know, I've heard stories about traditional publishing and blah, blah, and like how you're like, um, you have to do X, Y, and Z, follow these rules, whatever. It was just so nice to hear that, but it won't be 12. <laughs> it will not be 12. <laughs> okay, um, okay. So, I was sweating for um, a minute. I was like, good, yeah, you're like, mm. so mm. I'm thinking a good six to seven books. And I don't know if seven will be a full book or if seven will be a novella because I'm a novella girly. I like a good happy ending wrap up, like fluff stuff. I could do that. So yeah. I'm thinking seven, maybe like a nice, fun, you know, novella, but we'll see. But definitely I know for sure a solid six. Okay. I love that. That's really good to hear too, that your publishers are like supportive of you. Cause I feel like we're trending in the oh, yeah. like duology trilogy vibe. And like, mm -hmm. I could honestly use a very long series to become obsessed with again. You know, like we need that. We need another them. moment. I love them. Yeah. yeah. Like I love them. It, it, it does feel that way though too. And like I said, I never want to like have them ever think that I'm not grateful because I'm so grateful. <laughs> so appreciative. It's, it's so nice just to be able to be like, Hey, by the way, we may need to do 10 and they'd be like, okay, cool. Like yeah. I wouldn't do that, but still like maybe some down for it. But yeah. And I like a good, like I said, I like a good long series and especially um, where we still, like I said, I know we have multiple POVs, but Diana and Liam are still going to be main squeeze for this whole series. You know what I mean? So yeah. um, there's still like, the main characters, regardless of anything that happens. So yeah, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited too. I, I need a new big giant series to fall into. So <laughs> such a vibe. Do you have like a rough guesstimate of like release dates or when the next ones are coming out kind of that schedule? Almost like um, so I know we've kind of talked about it before. I want to say we're going to do about the same time every year. Okay. So like I know last year for the the book of Azrael came about April, but I, I really liked our schedule we have this year for it to be in May because we had enough time because your girl sometimes these books get longer than I thought. Yeah. <laughs> and so like we had a good set schedule and a good time. So I know this one's gonna come out May twenty third. I wanna say book three will be out in May as well too, but then I'll have it more set in stone when it gets closer, but I can do a once a year thing for sure, which I know some people are like, ah, but technically if you think about it, this book comes out and then you have like nine ish months or something before the, you know, the next one. But like, uh, yeah, nothing too yeah. crazy. Nothing I wish you could be a, I wish you could be like a, a five month girly, but that's not me. That's not me. It's yeah. fine. Cause more power. To them. <laughs> yeah. You're making them like hefty. So you need the extra time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <are> long, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How long is this next one? So I thought that book one was like 198k words, but someone told me it was like 203. <laughs> and then book two is like 240k words. Nice. So, you know, a lot happens and it has to happen and it's good and it's fun. It's, you know, I can honestly say for the books that I write, 
there's no chill moment. I feel like every chapter is a roller coaster, nice, um, which nice. is so fun. You know, yeah. I'm just helping. Honestly, I'm helping everyone with their blood pressure. I yeah. mean, I feel like I'm doing, I'm doing a justice for everyone. You're honestly doing the Lord's work. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> They're like, wow, go to the doctor. You don't have any heart issues because you do a lot of cardio. And it's like, no, I just read Amber's books. <laughs> right? Yeah. I love that. So what's kind of next for the characters in the series? Can you give us anything like spoiler free of what's going to kind of happen throughout the series? Chaos and happiness and more chaos. Nice. <laughs> That's the spoiler free. Totally valid. Uh, yeah. I love it. That's all I got. <laughs> what a, so what tropes are going to be included in the next one, the throne of broken gods? So we definitely have our villain MC. I don't, is that a trope though? See, I'm so bad at tropes. Don't laugh. But totally fair, when the book of Azrael came out and stuff, you know, we were like, okay, we're going to promo. We need to do tropes. And I said, what's a trope? <laughs> And they're like, what do you mean? I was like, I just know like things that I've read in books and stuff. And like, I've kind of incorporated my own. And I was like, you know, there's a part where they like have to share a bed. Like Amber, that's a one bed trope. And I was like, oh, so I didn't know nightmare was a trope. Ah. I didn't know that was a nightmare trope. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Um, and of course, like I said, enemies to lovers. So um, is a trope. But so for book two, everyone's going to be so mad at me. But my top book two trope would be enemies to lovers to enemies. So... You know, yeah. So it's gonna be great. <laughs> That's <laughs> it's so luck. exciting. Yeah. So exciting. And then yeah, I don't know. I don't know a lot of tropes. I'm so serious. I sound so insane, but I'm okay. I can't think of yeah, I can't think of it. We already did the one bed trope. As soon as I get off this podcast, watch I'll be like, Oh, I got three more. But yeah, that one's uh I guess is revenge trope a thing? Is that a trope? Yeah, maybe. I think so. I'm not like very good at the tropes either. So just okay. like the the common themes, I guess. Yeah. 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 We'll just stick with that. We'll give them something to marinate and they just <laughs> I just know for a second they were like, Amber, I listen to your podcast. What do you mean lovers back to enemies? I'm like, what? <laughs> what? No, that? nothing. I mean nothing by it. <laughs> not a thing. <laughs> nothing, nothing at all. They will it's gonna be great, guys. Yeah, everything's <laughs> fine. We're all fine. <laughs> for now. <laughs> not really though. Like nobody's actually fine. <laughs> no, no one's no one's fine. No one's doing fine. <laughs> I love that. Okay, so we kind of chatted about the first book, the second book, the rest of the series, all of that. Mm -hmm. Let's chat a little bit about you. What's it been like for you being an author in the age of the bookish interwebs, like book talk, bookstagram, all of that stuff? It's been fun. So it's, it's like I said, it's another inside joke between like my friends and my publishing house. I always repeat that I'm like a little fish in like a big pond. So to me, I'm like, oh, I have like a few readers and stuff that you know love my books and like I talk to them on Instagram all the time um then like I said when I went to a polycon I was just shocked because I was like wow there's a lot of people here and you you know me like so that's fun but nothing like I don't know nothing outrageous like I, I've had so much fun with this I feel like I wish this would have been around more with like authors that I was growing up with because you get to see like their work and you know what's coming out and what's happening so yeah I like it a lot because like I said you can connect with like your readers or like other authors or like your friends and you know you can upload freaking like I love aesthetic videos I always upload those and it's so fun um and you know that you know gets you attention or people are like oh I just found your book because you said this girl is like you know Catherine Pierce and I'm like great we also like Vampire Diaries so now we're friends because of that so it's been fun I definitely prefer Instagram over TikTok just because it's like 
do like aesthetic videos and stuff on TikTok, but I don't like know what to do on TikTok. I yeah. guess I'm just very better at, like posting pictures and like going about my day, you know? I 100% agree. I am definitely an Instagram girly. I'm like, TikTok sounds nice in, in like theory, but it's a lot more. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like, you guys want me to talk on camera, but I don't have anything to say. You yeah. Know? It's like, I, I don't have it in me. Yeah. And I feel like TikTok's really fun, but it's a harder one, I think, to communicate with too. Like if you're not mutuals, it's harder to like reach out and make those connections and like get to talk to people and like Instagram, yeah. you can like tag people in stories. And there's just a lot more yeah. things you can do on there, you know? <laughs> And I love like my Instagram DMs. I'm in there like daily just talking to people because like I said, it's easier for them to connect. So it's like, yeah. I just finished your book. Um, You know, how could you? Just kidding. Not really. <laughs> but like, I just finished the book. And then all of a sudden, like we're talking, I'm just like, thanks for reading. Like, you know, like all this stuff. And it, you just make genuine connections. And I think that was um one of the big things I liked about the whole bookish community or book talk and stuff. It's like, I've made a lot of really good, like lifelong friends from it. Mm-hmm. And I love it a lot. I love them a lot. I wouldn't trade that for the world. So yeah, I definitely, I, I see a lot of the positives for sure. Yeah. For sure. That's good to hear. I love that. And like, I agree with what you were saying earlier. It's like, it would have been so cool to be able to be able to connect with some of these authors that we like grew up with, but now it's so cool mm-hmm. to be able to see all the stuff that you guys come out with and like make those, yeah. you know, not to say connections for the 14th time, but like make those connections and see what's coming out and like be a part of it. And it feels like yeah. such a, like an inclusive community. Like we get to kind of, see behind the scenes and like I think for us it's like mm-hmm. it's so fun to it's like it's, it's, it's you feel connected you know what I mean it's, yeah it, it kind of you feel like you're a part of this community and that's all I could ever ask for especially when it comes to books because like all we're doing as writers and readers is like you know we're enjoying things outside of this you know space and having this escapism and we can do it all together and I think that's really beautiful especially because life's hard. The world is hard. If we can just escape for a few hours and have fun, like send memes or, you know, joke about this part that happened on this chapter. Like, it's just nice. It's nice. It is nice. Yeah, I 100% agree. (laughs) That's awesome. So um, are you going on tour for this book release? Or are you going to any other events? I know you said you just went to a polycon, but do you have any other events scheduled for the year? Not for the remainder of this year. I know that we want to try and go to a polycon next year as well, too. Um, I just really like the space. I really like the environment. Um, I loved meeting as many people as did. And like a lot of my author besties go there, too. And so I love connecting with them as well. Um, And it was just really fun. And a polycon is also very good when it comes to fantasy romance, because mm-hmm. that's like a big genre for them as well, too. And so like that gives me like that feel of like home. So I, I believe we're going to do that again next year. And I'm not sure about um, anything further. But if anything's released or stayed, like I said, with Instagram, that's usually where I'll show and tell you guys first. You know, <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good to hear that you have like a good time too there as an author and like get to experience that and kind of mm-hmm. find your home. Like, I think it's mm-hmm. one of those conventions like it sounds romance, but at the same time, like there were so many authors there that were romanticy. And it was like, I think mm-hmm. all of us that were like bookish interweb people were kind of just dying a little bit inside because everybody there was like mm-hmm. everyone we wanted to see. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was a really good lineup this year. It was really good. <laughs> no, awesome. It was a lot of fun. I know I was asking them too. I was like, they're like, oh, this year was so like better, but I guess because it, like you said, it had a, a different lineup and stuff. And, um, just how well it was handled. Like everyone's like, I got every book I wanted. I got to see yeah. everyone, everyone I wanted. Like I've just heard people bragging about it and stuff. And it's so fun to see you guys in person because I'm like, yeah. I see your faces and stuff. And it's like, wait, you have a body as well. Like, yeah. you know, so it was so fun. And yeah. then of course, chilling and hanging out afterwards. But yeah, no, I agree. 
Yeah, I like saw I ran into so many people and I was like, I actually only know you from the shoulders up. So it's very nice to see the yeah. rest of you. <laughs> like, I don't yeah. know who you are. Yeah, they, did a, they definitely did a better job, I think, with like coordination stuff this year. And like, this is a better time of year to do it, too, because it's so freaking hot yeah. in D.C. Yeah. like in July. But yeah, it was uh, there was a, it was a lot more. It was a lot less chaotic this year. I'll say that. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> awesome. I'm glad to hear it. Where can everybody find you on the bookish interwebs? So I, like I said, I do have a TikTok. I'm not super on there though. I'm more so on um, Instagram and my tag is author underscore Amber Nicole. And then my TikTok is about the same one. I do have a Facebook like fan slash spoiler page, um, but I tell everyone to join after they read the first book Okay, <laughs> <laughs> because there's a lot in that, that place is so fun because like, you know, it's just a bunch of us being like, you know, talking about uh, the stuff that happened in book one, et cetera. And then just making memes and like doing all this crazy stuff. So those are the main three places that um, I'm at. Awesome. Well, those were kind of all the questions I had. Is there anything else you wanted to share? Any other questions you had? No, just that I adore and appreciate you guys so much. Thanks for joining my little chaos world. I'm so glad that I have so many people who are joining in the beginning. Yeah. So we're all going to just go through this together. <laughs> yeah I'm just very appreciative and very happy and I hope you guys like book two I will be hiding on Instagram when those arcs and the release date happens I love that yeah I remember when it came out it like swept the internet and everybody was like oh my gosh this is so fun so I'm very excited to see how book two goes because I feel like we need another thing to like rally behind it's been a while yeah yeah um I'm excited I'm nervous but I'm excited but like good nerves I'm just like so I know what happened in book one. Um, that was a warm up. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Enjoy that. Sorry. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you coming on and hanging out with me. Love you. This was so much fun. Yeah. This I only sweated fun. a little. <laughs> I know. It's like a lot. It's like, I, I really put you on the spot, but that's okay. <laughs> I was like, drive book one. I was like, how much time you got? <laughs> yeah. How many spoilers am I allowed to do? Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you guys for tuning into this week's episode. Hope you enjoyed it. If you aren't following us, go ahead and follow us on TikTok and Instagram at the Bookish Banter Podcast. Please make sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. And thank you guys again for all of your support. Have a great day.